Are you ready to honor the shield? With our Falcon and the Winter Soldier recap and review podcast. I'm James, and with me here is Chad. Hey, Chad. Hey, James. I'm ready. And and we just wrapped up WandaVision, right? And uh, a lot of people really loved it. Uh, I was kind of met on it. But the point is, it was huge and, uh, like, relevatory and, and had a big moment uh, in the culture. And so I'm sure Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to live up to that. And it was a great idea to put it immediately uh, two weeks after, right? Oh, absolutely. It's going to solve uh, real questions like, how do we save this boat? So we can save our <laughs> shrimping company. Right. What does the Winter Soldier do when he's not on screen? <laughs> right. <laughs> how does how <laughs> how do his dates go? All right. Well, just before we get into it, what was? Did you have an overall impression? Did you like it? Did you think it was just okay? Did you hate it? I. I mean, it was. It was fine. Um, it was. It was fine. The. Uh... I think it was well produced. Like it looked really good. It, like the the action scenes in the beginning of the movie. Sorry, in the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. it, it felt like I was watching a scene from a movie. And you know, sometimes shows they have they look a little cheesy when they do special effects, but this yeah. looked like they had the full Marvel budget behind it. Yes, and well, to your point, there have been a few Marvel shows. Some of them on network TV, like Agents of Shield. I think was on ABC. And it, yeah. it, it it was a really fucking boring and slow show that looked like shit. Yeah, it, it looked like a, like a sci-fi original show. I mean, there were some good parts to that show. It's just the, the beginning was so bad. It dragged on. Like, you really had to, to, to crawl through the shit to get to the, the, the gold on the other side. Oh, yeah. They lost me completely in season one. I could not uh, keep going. Yeah. I, I watched the first couple episodes of season one. And uh, you only get one first impression, and people are like, oh, it gets better in season four. Well, uh, count me out. I'm glad it got better for you. (laughs) Yeah, and canonically, I I mean, I didn't finish it either. Canonically, it's irrelevant now, so it it doesn't matter anymore. None none of the ABC shows, none of the, like, the runaways. Jury's still out on the Inhumans. That was Marvel Studios' first attempt at making a show. But I think that they're trying to pretend that it doesn't exist, because it was really bad. Okay, so and the Netflix shows are also been decanonized, so they don't count either. Uh, right. I well, I mean, there, there's a there's a there's a, a possibility that they might bring in uh, Daredevil into Spider Man. There's rumors. Okay, but that'll be supposedly through some multiverse shit. All right, but for today we're talking about yeah, yeah, Falcon no, and the yeah, Winter yeah, Soldier. Right. The Captain America series, at least one and two, are a bit more like grounded than a lot of the other marvel series are it's just dudes who are really good at fighting or fight in an interesting way fighting uh in the middle of some kind of uh you know in 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 either world war ii or in either modern day spy games or whatever and (laughs) these guys are the two supporting characters and i i like anthony mackie i really only have seen him in marvel shit and then also in the episode of black mirror did you see his episode of black mirror nope Oh, God, it's so good. I don't even want to tell you the, the bare bones of what it's about. But yeah, everybody, Black Mirror, season four, uh, for the episode with Anthony Mackie. Don't read anything about it. Just watch it. It's a trip. It's one of the not scary ones. It's one of the, 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 the just bizarro ones. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I, I like the show. I don't know why I stopped watching. Episode one is called New World Order. And I think, you know, that is something kind of a trope in the Captain America, like, comics as well like the names have these kind of 
like oblique references to the power right. of the state or the empire or something like that. Right. Vaguely a social commentary, but maybe not. We start out with like a 10 minute action sequence. And I guess what the French terrorists from Captain America 2 are back in the MCU. There's yeah. a big problem of French terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were trying. They were they had captured an American soldier and they were trying to bring him to Tibet. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, n- no. I think they were okay. trying to capture an American soldier and they were trying to bring him into Syria where they didn't have, uh, like, according to international treaties or whatever, they didn't have, Americans didn't have the right to be there. Interesting to me that a big thing that we get in this episode is that the world has fallen into chaos, not as a result of the snap, but as a result of the blip. Where you'd right. think you'd think in the five years post snap it would have ushered in like an age of unprecedented peace and cooperation, and maybe it did, but now everything's shitty again because they brought everyone back. Right. Well, I think there's probably like a, a a scrambling for resources. You know, like Thanos, his argument was you get rid of half of life, then suddenly there's going to be enough food for everybody to go around. Well, they got used to doing things one way, and suddenly there's twice as many people in the universe to uh to feed i mean it's gonna throw all sorts of things out of whack not to mention the people who were gone they don't if there was some kind of world or semblance of world peace they don't know about it you know they're gonna come back with the same attitudes they had when they left excellent point so now marvel gets into the work of apologizing for having a slow and thoughtful character and dialogue driven show in wandavision with this huge <laughs> action set piece and you know because it's the falcon <laughs> they send him on the mission where the dudes have flight suits. Yeah. <laughs> if they were just dudes standing on the ground with guns, uh, well, they could just send in regular soldiers, maybe. But they're like, get the bird I, I, guy. I felt kind of, I, I felt kind of bad for the like when they jumped out of the plane with the flight suits. It's like, what do they think they're going to accomplish? They're in in essentially flying squirrel costumes, mm-hmm. and they're fighting the guy who has a, a rocket propelled falcon wings and a murder robot on his back. Like, they didn't stand a chance. Yes. And it is also, it's just funny that, like, they're up against the Falcon, and they just happen to get counterpicked, like, hardcore. They picked the worst uh, (laughs) Earth-based hero for this. If they were up against Spider-Man, maybe they possibly could have got away, but not against the Falcon. (laughs) It just reminds me, uh, the Family Guy bit of uh, (laughs) the, the Decepticon who turns into a canoe, and he's like, well... When there's a battle on a gently moving stream, you're going to be glad I'm there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, the action scene is pretty good. They're flying through the canyon. You actually see this in the trailer, and the trailer didn't look that good, but I thought it was better here. And there's also, yeah. like, two helicopters, and the bad guys are moving between the helicopters, and, you know, so is he. And he uh, eventually he throws the hostage out to, like, fall on his own, and then he jumps out of the helicopter, and then he just straight up murders the goons inside. It just blows yeah. it up and they all die. Is it just me? Like, I was struck by the amount of just, just murder. Yeah. Like, just thoughtless <laughs> murder that Falcon was not even hesitating. And and, and I thought about this, and I know we're going to get to it in a second, but maybe they were trying to juxtapose him, his glorified murder mm-hmm. with the Winter Soldier, like, doing the same thing. A shameful murder, right. But it was, yeah, but it, like, weighs on him heavy. Well, that's the thing in in, like, you know, the the pre-Zack Snyder DC movies, including and up to the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, 
Batman, Superman always show like restraint and they don't kill people. Uh, you know, they'll even go to great lengths to avoid doing it. Where the Marvel characters will just like straight up kill, uh, you know, red shirt, putty patrol bad guys. They'll just kill them. Um, yeah. And and Sam was just like a, an enlisted man, right? Like he was just a soldier before he joined Captain America. That was another thing I want to talk about. Was Sam the only dude in the army with the bird wings, or is that is there a whole unit of bird winged men? So um, when I tried to remember what happened, uh, I thought that he was part of a team. So presumably he is the best one on the team. Yeah, maybe he's the captain but, or something of the. Falcon but I can't. Man. I couldn't find a specific reference to that. Mm-hmm. To the fact that he was on a team, uh, so I don't know. But it, it does kind of seem like he, he was just in the military, so there are just a bunch of other Falcon backpacks floating around somewhere. But yeah, the scene resolves. He kills all the French terrorists. They head back to... I, I'm not sure what city they're in, sorry. <laughs> but to, like, <laughs> some some set-piece city in the Middle East. I guess Syria-adjacent country. Take your pick. I don't think they're specific. Why do I think it was Tibet? Tibet? No. <laughs> That's in China. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was Tibet. Right, so they head back to the the city from Casablanca, and they're chilling out there, and uh, it's him and, I don't know, like, his assistant, and we get a lot of, like, very expository, snappy, kind of, you know, Joss Whedon-esque snappy dialogue, where I say something snappy to you, and you snap back at me, and then I snap back at you. And I really don't like this kind of dialogue. I guess a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, let me key up a clip of of, of 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 Sam. And did you catch this dude's name? His assistant? This this guy? His? No, I I I didn't. But I'm I'm ashamed that I didn't because that character actually takes on the mantle of the Falcon in the comics when Falcon becomes uh, Captain America. Okay. But I don't remember his name. But did you say you were going to queue up a clip? That's a thing we can do. That's a, apparently a thing we can do. Guy's name is Torres. Lieutenant Torres. Torres. I, I take your word for it. You see these guys? These are the guys you got to worry about. I've been stumbling onto their manifestos on message boards. They call themselves the Flag Smashers. Is that a new thing? Bad guys give themselves bad names? There's a lot worse names than that one. But basically, they think that the world was better during the blip. Trust me, it, it wasn't. Trust me, every time something gets better for one group, it gets worse for another. Yeah, essentially these people, they, they want a world that's unified without borders. So you can see why a lot of people are into that. So he, they, they introduced the idea of, I guess, these are the bad dudes from the trailer, the Flag Smashers, and I assume that they're characters from the Captain America comic book, I guess. Uh, well, there's a character named Flag Smasher who, who's kind of sounds like I mean, it's definitely derived from that character. Okay. I don't know anything about him. That, that I actually didn't know about him until I uh, watched the show and did some research uh, on on that name. <laughs> All right. Interesting. So, yeah, Lieutenant Torres and him, they're talking about this terrorist group and uh, he does this weird thing. And, and uh, I didn't put it in the clip, but like where. He's like using AR, and he comes across like a like a bloody paw print or whatever. And he's like, "That's it, the flag smashers." Right. And so, what they basically want, like open borders, those villains. <laughs> like, come on, that's the best they can come up with. <laughs> Maybe what's oh, they 
wouldn't it be more interesting if like they wanted to uh i don't know like re-kill half of everyone on earth or something right that to me that's more of an evil plan than you know open borders which is a policy that some people do prescribe to already i guess they're just not militant enough about it well i think that they were they were trying to on paper find uh, a way to make a villain the opposite of like patriotism because like mm-hmm. like patriotism is like you know pride and you know valor for your country and it's very much like you know you represent one organization so the only way that you can have the opposite of that is either anarchy which anarchy is anarchy and we're, we've seen that before or i guess open borders <laughs> it yeah. doesn't sound it doesn't sound bad no it doesn't sound that villainous at all uh like especially uh in in you know, marvel world quite different from ours it's already been completely leveled by an alien attack so if there was one thing that was going to unite the world under a one world government or whatever it would probably be the looming threat of complete annihilation from space aliens right right that seems reasonable. That's, that's, that's usually what does does it in science fiction <laughs> at least like <laughs> right a nuclear deterrent from space so then we go to what I actually thought was a pretty good scene because, like, it is interesting to know like how this shit, which which uh, was introduced in Endgame, actually like played out in real life. So apparently, the public mm-hmm. thinks that Captain America uh, died fighting Thanos. I guess it's, it, they don't make it too clear, but he's gone, and it's actually public knowledge that he offered Sam the position to be the next Captain America. Sam turned it down, so now they're going to retire the shield and put it in the Smithsonian. Yeah. <clears throat> and who should we see in the audience but Don Cheadle there playing Rhodey, and they're going to talk about how, like, you know, they're both sidekicks and their best friend superheroes died, which, honestly, like, kind of a good scene. Yeah, I, I liked it. I-, I like how the shows are handling, uh, on a smaller scale, the things that happen bigger in the movies. Like, with the- with the blip, um... In in Spider Man, they just kind of made a joke out of it, and then it, they they kept playing it as a joke. And we talked about this in Wandavision too. Uh, they're they're dealing with like what that time chunk means that people missed, like like what that represents, and it's gonna. I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm appreciating those little stories. I have a lot of problems in this show with a character's performances. And and the one character, the one actor at least, who's like giving a good performance throughout the entire episode, as far as I'm concerned, is Anthony Mackie. And Don Cheadle always kills it. And so this was a nice scene, an interesting scene. Yeah. Although it also yeah. kind of jumped out to me that it was like, okay, thank you for cameoing, uh, uh, Colonel Rhodes. Uh, see you perhaps in the last episode. <laughs> see, to me, it felt like they were introducing him as like a, a mainstay character. I know he's not going to be here every episode, but it felt mm-hmm. like... But like, if, if I didn't know better, I would be confused why that character suddenly vanished from the show. Well, this is going to be a six-parter, a, a shorter than WandaVision uh, in episodes, perhaps longer in overall uh, time. But I, I, I would assume uh, Rhodey has a part to play in the big final set piece or something. So we cut from there to the Winter Soldier. He's killing people uh, in what I think is maybe the Soviet Union. and. He snaps out of it, and it turns out it's just like a PTSD stress dream. And then he's talking with his therapist, and she's trying to get him to talk about this nightmare that he's been having, but he's too cagey to bring it up, and uh, she knows he's lying. 
And he's also supposed to be like, I don't know, in the 12 step serial killer program. So he's supposed to be making <laughs> amends, but to him making amends is like tracking down the people on his kill list that he hasn't killed yet. So, so that list, do you think that the list w- was the three steps that she was talking about? Or do you think that he, he's supposed to be doing something with her, but instead he's, uh, doing it his own way he, he's trying to to make things right his own way oh are you are you saying perhaps what she is his like government assassin handler or something and she she actually I, wants him to kill the people on the list no i i mean i think that i think i guess i think there's two things going on i think that they want information from him so he's helping out by like you know divulging all the information that he has from all of his his missions throughout the the decades but I find it hard to believe that. What am I trying to say here? Like, like he had the the old man in the book, and that didn't seem like something that the military would have cared about. I don't know. It's, it, it seemed disconnected to me. The book and and the meeting seemed disconnected to me for some reason. No, I agree with you. Um, it maybe it's just kind of uh, this is what Bucky's been up to. He's still killing people. And I I didn't get much care for this scene because, again, like, it's just everything the therapist says is snark, snark, snark. And then my problem is, like, Sebastian Stan either does not want to be here or has just, like, forgotten how to act because this entire episode, he just he mumbles everything he says. So he might be good at being, like, a grimacing, stoic killer Maybe he, that's the kind of performance he can do. He cannot do, like, depressed emo guy. It's just him. I'm not having any nightmares. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really not good. Uh, uh, I'll just play a little bit of it here. Oh, come on. Really? You're going to do the notebook thing? Why? It's passive aggressive. You don't talk. I write. Okay. Okay. I crossed the name off the list of my amends yesterday. Don't worry. Use all your three rules. Don't worry. I I use all your three rules. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I guess um when I was watching it I didn't Like do you do you see what I'm getting at? <laughs> Hearing the audio and like trying to picture it in my head, it does seem lazy. <laughs> and and it actually gets worse as the episode goes on. So then we kind of see uh, what his living situation is. He's, I don't know, living uh, in in a tiny one-room apartment with a bunch of uh, other sad sacks. His best friend is an old Japanese man whose son died. Him and the Japanese dude are friends, even though the Japanese old man is very crotchety. And they go out for sushi together. And uh, the old man, uh, you know, because he's so kind and avuncular... He sets Bucky up on a date with the uh, the obnoxious but pretty sushi chef. <laughs> obnoxious. I found her. Oh, she was... I found her to be really annoying. She was fine. <laughs> Sorry, she wasn't Darcy. Right. Should have been. Should have gotten her back <laughs> to play a different role. A different role. So then we get the scene again. Like, okay, what's Anthony Mackie's backstory? Because we don't really know, other than that he was a Falcon soldier man in the War on Terror. Apparently, he's also uh, from a fishing family in what somewhere in the American South. Was it Louisiana? I really did not find this sequence that interesting at no, all. I 
<laughs> I don't care about this goddamn boat at all. <laughs> Everyone was saying like, oh, this the actress that plays his sister, like, oh, it's such a powerful performance. Like I I was I did not find this performance impressive. I did not find this dialogue very it's like so expository. Well, when you left home at 18 and I had to do all of the family responsibilities and then five years after that, as you know, our parents <laughs> passed away. Like, <laughs> Again, I get there's a utility to expository dialogue, but like there's oh, it's, it's there's got to be a better way. Well, I, I mean, I mean, couldn't you have just like uh, uh, let us let us uh, infer a little bit, you know, like right. They, <laughs> The only line that mattered was, I'm not going to let you sell our families, whatever, whatever, whatever Anthony Mackie said, I could have pieced the rest together from that. Just one line. I thought we were going to discuss if we were selling it. We did. And then you were off fighting Dr. Space Cape or whatever while I was holding it together for five long years. Now that the world is going back to normal, this thing's got to go. We grew up on this thing. It's not just mom and dad's name on it, Sarah. This thing is a part of our family. You know the situation we're in. This is why I prefer not to dwell on it in front of everybody. But what if we don't have to sell it? Can I talk to you? What's good, Big Sam? Oh, what's going on, man? So as you mentioned, the principal drama here is that, uh, I don't know, the fishing industry is not going so well. So they got to sell the fishing boat. And even though Sam doesn't work on the boat anymore... He it's it's a very strange situation. It's like he wants to force his sister to continue working as a fisherman, even though she <laughs> yeah. doesn't seem to want to. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I didn't even think of that angle. That's hilarious. It's like I'm gonna go fly around and be a superhero. You need to stay here and work on this ship that's falling apart. Well, there's a couple of things I want to point out. Mm-hmm. First off. And and I can't take credit for this. I saw it. I saw it on some other some YouTube show. Whatever they named their parents named their boat after themselves. What's the name of the boat? I don't remember. But he said he he said uh, in one line, Anthony Mackie says uh, that's not just our parents' names on the boat. It's the you know it's our family. Whatever I forget what it was. But that that's their parents. Imagine buying a boat, James, and naming it the James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> it's weird. It's super weird. And perhaps in truth, this actress who plays his sister is a good actress. I just don't think she's been given great material to work with. Again, and I make this joke all the time with Ryan. It would be like if you and I meet up uh, someday, Chad, and I'm like, ah, well, if it isn't my good friend Chad, who I've known since I was nine years old, how is your uh, new- newborn baby and and, and, <laughs> and happy marriage? Like. <laughs> <laughs> So, do we find out why the the they're failing? Like, are they, are people not buying the fish? Are they not catching the fish? Like, is a loan going to fix the problem? Is it because <laughs> right. the boat's not working anymore? Like, I, what, it, maybe the boat it, needs to be repaired. Would it not make more sense to perhaps like spend the loan money on a on a new boat? Yeah, or... Right. Uh, it, also, I mean, like, just it, so strange to me, and I, we'll get into this when we come up to that scene. But apparently, all the superheroes are like cash poor. That, like, being superhero as a job does not bring in any money? A bizarre system. You'd think, yeah. like, at the very least, Tony would have left him a little bit of money. Well, he's a, a trillionaire, right? Yeah, well, see, now, I, I actually thought of this. That, that's that's a really good point. But he was gone for five years. 
Right. You no know, one expected not, not like, to need to take care of him. I guess. Right. Stark. Stark wasn't paying into the. But then again, I don't know. He he did leave uh, Peter Parker uh, a huge, giant fleet of of space drones that can kill any target that he wants, even though he didn't exist. So I don't know. Who knows how these things work? But yeah, I did think it was interesting that he was he's dirt poor. Also, before the the snap, uh, don't forget Falcon was on the run. He he was okay. not working for the government at that point. He was right. he was uh, he was on the other side of Civil War. Well, this will be more uh, pertinent uh, in in the next Falcon scene. But so we get to see the date that Bucky goes on with the plucky manic pixie sushi chef girl, and uh, you know she's a little so random. And so in the middle of the date, she pulls out Battleship, and they start playing that. And I don't know, it's like the the, the liars game in Game of Thrones. Every time you you sink a battleship, you have to answer a question truthfully. <laughs> and and we get the backstory, the sad backstory of of the old Japanese man who's Bucky's new friend. Uh, his his son v- mysteriously died. When I went on my first date with with my wife, mm-hmm. I, the first thing we talked about was uh, acquaintances, children, death. Yeah, you're playing Connect Four, and you're like, "How yeah. about the bag lady? Did you hear her family was uh, killed <laughs> in in the Yugoslavian Revolution? Very sad." Yeah, <laughs> right. Want to go out on another date? And again, like I'm not in love with this girl's performance. I find her to be pretty obnoxious, but I get people could disagree on that. She she's a bit character. I, I'll be surprised if we see her again. Any hate, sucker? Uh, hit. <laughs> drink. Uh, Come on, drink. Right. Okay. Well, you really get drink. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Do you have any siblings? I have a sister. I have four. Miss, drink. Are you close with your parents? I was. They uh, passed away. Um. D5. I'm sorry. Um, miss. I think it's really sweet you're spending time with Yori. It's been hard for him since his son died. I think not knowing how it happened is the hardest part for him. It really messed him up. You know how we call a guy whose wife died a widower? Or if your parents die, you're an orphan. There's no word for someone whose kids die. Because it's like the worst thing that can happen. Excuse me. That was some good writing there at the end, that line, huh? Yeah. Um, Such a good line. uh, It really stuck out to me because they lifted it almost word for word from an episode of Six Feet Under. (laughs) No way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the more famous lines from Six Feet Under, too. So a very funny thing to steal. You know what I find interesting? If you lose a spouse, you're called a widow or a widower. If you're a child and you lose your parents, then you're an orphan. But what's the word to describe a parent who loses a child? I guess that's just too fucking awful to even have a name. See, maybe they did. Maybe the writer didn't steal it. Maybe they're trying to tell us something about this character, and that is that she liked Six Feet Under. Okay, well then, actually, I changed my mind. Then I like her. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. See, we can all find ways to get along. Or, or you know so what? I, I... She's one of those people that, like, when she wants to say something profound, she'll just say something that she heard on TV. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know, don't don't give anybody else credit. Just pretend you came up with it yourself. So, um, can I ask you a question about like the the timeline here a little bit? Mm-hmm. He's upset because his son died. Totally reasonable. Yes, mysteriously. Bucky, but mysteriously, Bucky like woke up back in the second uh, Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Which, which, with the five-year time jump, would have been like over a decade ago, right? So, and then, then the 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 hit would have had to have been before then. So, we're, right. so there's a lot of time being spent on a character on a side character's son's death. That took so, place or what you're getting 20 at years that, ago. Are we supposed to assume that the Winter Soldier killed this kid's son? Right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. and so he's making amends by being his friend or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we not Did we not get there yet? Um, No, I, I was that revealed in the episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, oh, is, the, his, the is kid... his son the one trying to unlock the door in the flashback? Yeah. Okay, shit. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe Mr. Yori had kids when he was, like, 18, and so uh, this was a very long time ago or something. I don't know, if you want to make amends, tell Yori, like, yeah, it was me. I'm sorry that you don't know what happened to your son. Uh, I killed him. James, you didn't... Why do you think he left and went straight there? Uh, I, I, I probably wasn't... I was probably tuning out, man. I, I really did not like the Winter Soldier stuff, like... Wow. <laughs> I actually, it's funny because I, I think I like that plot better than I like the uh, the Falcon stuff. The Falcon stuff seems so boring. But this is like, you know, diving into a character's psyche and like having him deal with the, the, the skeletons in his closet, the ghosts of his past and like trying to make amends for terrible things that he's done. I think that's a much more interesting story than... than Shrimp yeah, uh, perhaps the story is better, but uh, you know, Anthony Mackie's like actually like seems like he's giving a shit and trying in his scenes. That's fair. Sebastian yeah, no, Stan's just like, I, I had a sister. I, I was close to my parents, but they died. So, do you think the sister? That's the first that we've heard of his sister. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that they're introducing that on purpose? Do you think that we're going to see her or maybe somebody else from his bloodline? So is she a 90-year-old woman, or does he have a sister in a metaphorical sense? Well, no, I'm thinking, like, if she if he had a sister back in... Oh, World maybe II, she's got a kid, and now... She's got kids okay. or something, yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. Because uh, Buggy, he, he's struggling with, like, identity, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he maybe could be find... a father figure to the, the next Winter Soldier or something. Sure, why not? <laughs> the Spring Soldier. We got a pretty good comedy relief scene here with the only other actor whose performance I thought was good, which is like the the asshole banker who's, you know, very happy. He's like a star fucker, so he's happy to see one of the Avengers in his bank. And for whatever reason, even though Anthony Mackie now has like a ton of money and is a world famous crime fighter, uh, he won't approve their loan. It's proof of earnings, and I know for a fact that we qualify for SBA loan. Under the old terms. Sure, but these days, what with everyone just showing up, well, things tighten up. Funny how things always tighten around us. Whoa, easy there. Look, I'm on your side. After all, he's a hero. 
it comes back to the conversation we were just having. Apparently, they don't have any money. Uh, there's no, there's no money in saving the world, I guess. And and right. I, I just thought, so why go to the shitty little bank in your hometown? Set up a Patreon or a- or, or just. I mean, clearly he's a, he's a celebrity. Do a couple of public appearances. Mm-hmm. You know, you an know? advertising I mean, deal or something. Something. Get a deal with an airline. He could if he if he did like a single ad spot, he could demand so much money. Yeah, I I saved the world from Thanos. Okay, if, if you want me to do this thirty second ad, you're gonna have to pay me ten million dollars. He can make almost as much as Robert Downey Jr. Right, and then you know you, you can lift the boat out of the water and, and put it in a museum behind your mansion or something if it's that important to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's funny. One thing that the the banker says during that conversation is, "You have no financial history for the last five years." It's like, well, of course not. Right. He was gone. <laughs> and there's also the intimation at the end from his sister that uh, this is this is race related. Which kind of shows that this show, not afraid to go there, touching hot button issues of, <laughs> of racial discrimination, as well as uh, uh, a little bit of like international political intrigue with the flag smashers, right? That they they want to have a more equitable world or something like. Uh, so who's the real villains, right? That that's where they're going with this. Um, do you think it's going to pay off? Do you think they're like setting something up? I sure hope so. Otherwise, they're just going to lampshade these political issues without any payoff or without having it be a big part of the story, which I mean, Marvel likes to do. They do like to do that. They like to say, <laughs> hey, look, we're relevant, but yeah. not really. Oh, we, well, we're putting these hot button issues from real life right into our story, but just for a second, and then we're moving on to something else. Like, <laughs> there were some interesting lines in the um, in the credits. I I remember reading them and thinking that they were pretty politically charged, but I don't remember what they are now off the top of my head, so I apologize. But I don't know. It would be really interesting if they if they pushed a uh, some kind of racial or or, or uh, social commentary angle in the show, and not just make it about you know who's going to be Captain America and how do we beat the Flag Smashers. Then, uh, at some point, we glossed over this. There's a scene back in the A-plot where Lieutenant Taurus tries to go to a Flag Smashers meeting, but he gets Flag Smashed in the face, and then he can't go. <laughs> By someone who is clearly super-powered. Yeah, she she has some level of super-strength, the same way the Winter Soldier perhaps does. And then, and I, I did like this, uh, the guy who took Sam's shield calls a press conference, and, and so his sister's like, oh no, Sam, quick, you gotta come see this on TV. But whatever happened had like they were just like and now for the past like how did she know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was already to do visibly with upset. Sam, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps the, that that scene went through a rewrite or something because it didn't make any sense. She's like, Sam, you've got to see this, and it's like, uh, uh, now for a press conference. It's kind of a, tr- a trope from like old sitcoms too, mm-hmm. you know. And so the dude that he gave the shield over, which I guess is some named character from uh, the comics has betrayed him and he's not putting the shield in the Smithsonian. Uh, he's giving it to this new Captain America. And then when you see his face, it's not the Captain America. We know it's some dude with an enormous nose. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> Sam had the chance to take the Captain America shield and he didn't take it. And now they've given it to some rando. 
So a, a, a couple of things. First, uh, he is the character Super Patriot from the comics, and he kind of goes back and forth, good and evil. Um, I, I actually thought when they were announcing the new Captain America that they were going to give him his name. But I think maybe they're leaving room for him to take on that mantle when Captain America inevitably goes to uh, to the Falcon. Um, the Do you think that he's so 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 in this scene anthony mackie's clearly showing like some level of disapproval do you think that he's uh feeling guilty for not taking on the mantle or do you think he's upset because like somebody else is taking on his friend like his friend like do you think he's more upset that he isn't captain america or that he he's ruining Steve Rogers, Captain America. Well, there's a few ways that this could like resolve into the story. This might be the interesting angle if they are going to go the kind of route of like American race relations and discrimination. If they are going to make that a part of the plot, like it's like, oh, uh, I I turned down the shield, but but still, like it, it was given to me to decide what to do with it, and I decided uh, Captain America should retire. And then behind my back, they gave it to some white dude. So clearly mm. they think that, like, I wasn't the proper person to either become Captain America or even decide what should happen with Captain America. So that would be an interesting angle. Or it could just it, it could just be that one side of it where he's like, no, Captain America decided that either I should be Captain America or nobody. And so it's not proper that they should give it to this guy. And then also there's the kind of a throwaway line where the politician dude is like, and we need a hero, not just for the whole world, but solely for America. And right. so here's Captain America first. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's a, a theory going around online that um, the, uh, there's another line early on when he's, uh, he, when Falcon is fixing uh, his little robot friend, Red Wing, um, where he said that every time that the people at the air force try to fix him, he starts acting all buggy. So he has to fix it himself. There's a theory that what's happening there is that's the military trying to sabotage his tech to get him out of the way. Okay. That's interesting. I'd like to see, uh, it may perhaps that'll come back up, but honestly, the theory crafting in <laughs> WandaVision was such a bust for the most part. <laughs> and, and this story seems rather straightforward to me. Um, and I, I, I don't really have any theories about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my <laughs> guess is that at the end of the show, uh, the superpowered person from the slag, the, the, the slag flashers, the flag smashers, uh, <laughs> is going to turn good <laughs> or something. Okay, that, that's that's okay. my, that's my big prediction. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, you're right. There's not as much to theorize. Um, what I do hope, though, is I hope that Super Patriot or whatever has superpowers, because otherwise, like, it's just going to be Sam with bird wings beating up on regular dudes, and he himself is kind of a regular dude. <laughs> I have a question. In the comics, does Sam ever get, like, super soldier serum or whatever? I don't believe so. Okay. So he's I just, he's... like, he's like a Black Widow. He's just a very, very tough person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to to be fair, I don't think that um that the Winter Soldier does either. I think that he's he was like programmed, he was brainwashed into being like a great martial artist, and he, his super strength just comes from his metal arm. I don't is think that, that he actually has all? any kind of 
Okay. Yeah, I think so. He's also Again, apparently could... immortal. Well, he's because he he's uh, keeps getting frozen over and over again. So he's only been alive for like a week at a time oh, to do to do a mission. And then okay. Exactly. I somehow watched those movies multiple times and never figured that part out. Oh. <laughs> so um, in the credits, I mentioned the credits earlier. There's a lot of information in the credits. Um, I don't know how closely you looked at it, but some of the writing on the wall, um, it speaks about a character named uh, Power Broker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Have you heard about this at all? No, this is a Marvel character. This is a Marvel character. What do you think Power Broker does? Mm, is he some kind of information broker or something? Does he tell <laughs> buy and sell no. people's secrets? No, remember this is about superheroes. Oh, so does he take a power from someone else and give it to someone else? He is a mad scientist who makes people into superheroes. Okay, interesting. Well, maybe Sam will become a superhero then. Or maybe that's where the Flag Smashers are getting their powers from. Power Broker's a bad guy. Okay. Well, that is a way for perhaps uh, Sam to get Steve-like super strength and agility, and then he'll be able to use the shield. I, I, I would like that. Yeah. So in the trailer, we see both of them with the shield, like throwing it around at the walls and mm-hmm. trees and stuff. When does that happen? Yeah, well, I think maybe they're going to plan a daring uh, heist to take the shield away from Super Patriot, and then he'll, he's going to track them down or something. Or perhaps they're going to do another, yet another, <laughs> red herring fake out where Super Patriot <laughs> is just an actor or model and has no superpowers. I could see wouldn't that happening. Wouldn't it be great if Mephisto was in this show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- <laughs> probably Lieutenant Torres is Mephisto. Totally. He's got to be. <laughs> to make that comparison though it's like they keep talking about the flag smashers and flag smashers this flag smashers that and it turns out flag smashers is just some kind of gonzo uh pr marketing campaign for for uh, you know a a sports drink or something (laughs) (laughs) um so one one last thing um, timeline wise, this is six months after the blip. Uh, we know that because, uh, Sam says that he's been working with the air force for six months. So it's six to seven months after the blip. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that this takes place after the events of WandaVision. Do you think we're going to see either any of the characters from WandaVision or, uh, white vision who's now just kind of flying around somewhere doing something? I would say probably not. And apparently what I what I took from that is that like the events of WandaVision maybe uh not widely publicized cuz this dude dude Torres is still being like, "Ooh, what happened to Steve Rogers?" where you think that would be old news if everyone knew what happened with Wanda. That's fair. Good point. So I did not hate this as I it was not as bad as I expected it to be. Though I did not think it was very good either. I thought a lot of the performances, aside from, like, Anthony Mackie and Banker Guy, uh, either the <laughs> performance was kind of bad, or in the case of, like, Anthony Mackie's sister, every one of her lines was just like, oh, this is only happening because of that thing in our backstory. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. WandaVision got a lot of flack for, for being only 20 to 30 minutes long every episode. I feel like they could have cut this down to 20 or 30 minutes. And it would have been a better episode. 
Yeah, this was a 50-minute first act to Captain America 4, basically. Yeah. I hope it gets better. Um, I, I, I think I, it's got potential. I hope I they, it does. you know, someone needs to wake Sebastian Stan up so he's not, like, half asleep throughout all of his, his scenes. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, um, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll be better when they can play off of each other because they didn't talk to each other at all. Well, that was, I, I, I shared a clip to the Discord of, like, some of their, like, soy uh tete-a-tete banter that was just like didn't really awful to me so we'll see see how that goes Uh. all right so yeah guys catch us this time next week we're gonna have the next episode of falcon and the winter soldier and then later in the week ryan and i'll be here for uh the first of the four hours of the snyder cut oh no i'm sorry (laughs) apparently it's not bad people are saying it's good uh i'll see for myself All right, good luck.